0: Hello, and welcome to Compass Church. If you have any questions about this message, or are interested in learning more, please contact us. We'd love the opportunity to connect. Now, enjoy today's message. It's quite impressive that uh, we get to sing about and know eternal truths, the wonder of God's work and hand in our lives, and Even as children all the way to adults, the simple message is profound and it shapes us, changes us. It is the hope of life. And as uh, we come to this uh, time this morning and I prepare to think about the scriptures, it is uh, unusual, I would say, in my years of ministry to to have the contrast quite as stark as we have it this morning. Because uh, each and every time we come to worship, we're dealing with and encountering the hard things of life. Somebody in the congregation is struggling and sad or finding difficulty and or there's tragedy in life. And at the same time when we come to worship, We're also looking with hope and expectation because there is a God of hope. There is a God who delivers out of this broken world. We see the brokenness on the one hand. We see the deliverance on the other and putting those together and realizing that they're happening. They're happening in our lives. But we turn our eyes to what is glorious and what is hopeful And Jesus, in his coming into this world, came into this broken world. And he took upon himself the brokenness. And we believe that as he went to the cross, he extinguished the power of that brokenness. And one day, there will be a total transformation of all creation when everything is brought under the feet of Jesus and restored. So as we enter into this Christmas season we're celebrating the hope we have that comes from who Jesus is and what he has done. Christmas in its purest form is nothing more than really seeing Jesus. Christian faith is the life of trust in Jesus in who he is and what he has done. To see his majesty and to follow him in our lives is what Christmas should be about. There was a man, Bob Evans, uh, Edens, excuse me, a man that has a tremendous story. It's a fascinating story. Uh, Bob was blind for 51 years without seeing anything. His world was dark. All he could do was hear sounds and smell smells and try to put the world together. And he had this ailment, this blindness, for 51 years. And while he was in that darkness, he learned Braille. He finished a college degree. He married and had a daughter. He even coached a little league baseball team. I don't know how he did that. But then he underwent this surgery. It was a very intricate surgery. They reattached his retina. And they gave him a corneal implant. And he began to see. Can you imagine being blind for 51 years and then being able to see? Reading his account was uh, startling. As he saw, he said, he found it overwhelming. I never would have dreamed yellow was so yellow yellow he explained he doesn't have the words to describe it's amazing red though was his favorite color and you think about wow colors yellow red those are things you can't smell or feel or touch or handle you have to see them he said grass was something I never, I never got used to he said it always felt like just fuzz But when he could see, he could see each individual blade of grass like it was a tree growing all by itself, mingled with all other grasses. He said, birds flying in the air is spectacular. At night, he'd look up in the stars, and in the sky, see stars and flashes of light. He said, you could never know how wonderful everything is. He's right. Those of us who have lived a lifetime with vision know how wonderful it must be to be given sight. The closest thing that I had was uh, one time uh, I went into an eye doctor and he looked at my eyes. I was about 23 and he said, You're driving like that? And he put on glasses and and I went out at night and I was like, I just was like, I can't believe it. You can actually see the signs down the street and read them. I mean, that's about as close as I've come to that. But can you imagine being blind and then being able to see after 51 years? But Bob Edens isn't the only one who has spent a lifetime Being really near to something, but not seeing it. All of us suffer some kind of blindness. Isn't it amazing that we can be near to things, see things, and yet miss the things that are near to us? I was clearly blind when I was growing up, and I'm I'm sure that probably half of you were too. uh, Just enjoying all the things that my parents gave me. The house, the food, uh, you know, got the warm bed, and that was all just mine. I was just enjoying it and never realizing how much it cost my parents to make sure that they had those things, provided those things, and supplied those things until I was into my 20s, maybe 30s, I don't know. Um, Not until I walked with somebody with cancer did I realize... Did I really see how difficult that is? Uh, we hear of people that have cancer or something, but not until you walk with them do you really see it. When you have to go to the doctor and, and you're not getting a great prognosis and you, you get told these, these methods, these this series of treatments that you can go through. And they're challenging and difficult. And it's a long process, not something that can be solved overnight. And the outcome is not assured. Those are hard things. Not until you really look do you see those things. There have been men who have been married to wives for years and have never really looked at the heart of their wife or women. Or parents to children. There are situations in our society where people have been hurt and offended and held down by the majority class, and we don't see those things either. A lot of us have blindness. There are things right near to us that we don't see. Think about how many times you've seen a rainbow in the sky. Uh, the other day I saw two rainbows. And there was just hundreds of people just walking by. Like, uh, yeah. Have you ever stopped to look at a rainbow? How spectacular it is. Every Christmas I get this sense, and we bring this up a lot. Don't travel through the holidays of Christmas without seeing what's there. Seeing the momentous occasion that brought about Christmas. The thing that we're celebrating And the kids have sung and we read in the lighting of the Advent candle Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 and it begins, this is how the birth of Jesus of Nazareth came about. And we're pretty familiar with the story but I want you to read that and read that and be real familiar. See it. Don't overlook it. I I guess I want to read it. One more time. And let's hear and look intently. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant with the Holy, uh, through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, had it in his mind to divorce her quietly. What we encounter here is the reality of marriage in the first century. First we should know that there are two stages to marriage. Mary and Joseph were pledged to one another and that was a common ceremony usually before the parents and the family members and about a year later they would have a, a public ceremony that would make it very similar to our marriage ceremonies in our day. But after that private ceremony, after they pledged e- to each other, they would actually be called husband and wife. And that's why in the passage it says that they, Joseph was considering divorce, divorcing her quietly because there was a commitment already, an expectation that marriage was happening and going to culminate in a marriage. But then... It was before that second ceremony that Mary was found to be pregnant. But the angel appears to Joseph and tells him that Mary is going to have a baby and it's the work of the Holy Spirit that has brought the conception in her. But hear what the angel says. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And when we're thinking about looking at the words closely, there are a couple of things. First, let me jump back to verse 20. It says, But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. It's important this context, son of David. Because this shows, as the kids sang in the song, that Jesus is a king. And that kingship comes from a royal line. And that's why Matthew opens the gospel of Matthew before verse 18. With the genealogy of of Jesus beginning with Abraham and coming to King David and ending with Jesus There is a kingly reign, and Jesus is one that God is bringing into life on this planet through a human body who will be the king. And Joseph, this is the only place in the the book of Matthew, in the gospel of Matthew, that anyone else is called the son of David but Jesus. And Joseph's called the son of David. Only here. Because there is a tie to this kingly line of who Jesus was going to be. And then notice at the end of verse 21. She will give birth to a son. Or verse 21. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus. The name of Jesus was fairly common. In the first century. It wasn't a special name quite like we would expect it to be today. But when people gave the name Jesus to their offspring, it meant a a confidence in God's salvation, a deliverance that God would bring to His people. And it it looked forward in hope to being delivered from the Roman imprisonment, the, the Roman occupation, we should say, and the opportunity of finding their own land and their own nation and their own king. But that's not the the message that the angel puts forth is most important. The message the angel brings is most important is because he will save his people from their sins. This was a bigger message. This was something, a bigger work that was needed by the people of God. And that deliverance, being saved from our sins is a reality that we still face today. Because we are all broken. Because we're all sinners. Because we have no way of cleaning ourselves or removing the impact of sin in our lives. We all need a Savior. And the work of Jesus coming to save His people from their sins is still going on today. But as we look at this, we also realize that Matthew puts this in the context of fulfilling prophecy. And there's a little phrase that I think is so important that I hope we walk out with today. And as we celebrate Christmas, we are mindful of this little phrase. And it's at the end of the quote from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 in verse 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God with us. God with us. This is the story of the Bible. When we think back in the Old Testament, when God was working with the people of the Jewish people and bringing them deliverance out of Egypt and bringing them into the wilderness. And God made a promise and a desire and communicated that He longed to be with them. When God gave His people the law, He stressed His covenantal love and relationship with them. He says, I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. God with us. The nation was called into a relationship with God where they would experience life with God. God would be their God and He would be their people. He would have connection and interest, guide and direct their lives, uphold them and and establish them. As we look at these words, Emmanuel The message of the Bible is that God came to us in Jesus. He came to us to be with us. It has been His longing since the beginning of creation that we, His people, we, His creation, all of His creation would recognize His grace and His love even after we have gone our own way. The the message of Jesus is one of pursuit. It is a message of humility. God humbling Himself and coming into this world to make connection with us, to be near us, so that we would know who God is and how we can walk with Him. God is drawing near to us in power, in love, in mercy, in grace, in the coming of Jesus. And the opportunity for us is to look, look and see that God is opening up a way for us, His creation, His creatures, to know Him, to walk with Him, to be forgiven and to be given new life. If we reject that message, if we don't ever see the grace of God extended to us, we have a small world because we're not going anywhere. We're not, we have no purpose in life. We have no direction. We have no love in life except what is here on this plane. And once we die, it's over. But the message of Jesus is there is life. A valid life that he demonstrates to us by his resurrection. And as we trust in him, as we believe in him, as we know him to be the truth. He shows to us there is life beyond the grave. There is life that is meaningful and purposeful now. And that his presence has come into the world. And he longs to know us. He longs to be near us. He longs to strengthen us. And watch over us. May this Christmas be the year. That you see the riches. Of God's grace. That God gives to us. In the life of Jesus. As I mentioned in the beginning of the message. And it's worth repeating. Christmas in its purest form. Is nothing more than really seeing Jesus. Christian faith is the life of trust in Jesus and who He is and what He has done. And Christian life is seeing His majesty and following His life. And that makes Christmas what it should be. May this be the best Christmas yet. May you see the wonder of God's grace and His love extended to us. Through the Lord Jesus. Don't miss it. Let's pray together. Lord we thank you. We thank you for. Your arrival into this world. We thank you for. Your love and your commitment. Your covenant faithfulness. To your creation. Your longing and desire to see it. Restored and renewed brought to new life and Lord that you came into this world to make that happen and Lord we pray that as we travel through this Christmas season we will not miss the hope the life the forgiveness the joy that we can receive in you even in the face of the challenges of living Because you came into this world and you conquered this world. Death will not have the last word. Life is found in you. And we can live because of you. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.